This is Daizen Shui X, the podcast, episode 169 for the week of March 22nd, 2009. Welcome to Dai Zenshui X. The podcast. An extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Dai Zenshui X. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. What's up, hey, y'all? happy spring. Happy spring with uh, early snowfall. Yeah, it was a trippy-ass morning. I That's almost how did a we roll take, in Jersey. Apparently. <laughs> was it even in the forecast? It's Mary over here. Hi. What's up? Not uh, much. Good times? I I suppose they right. are good times. I'm I'm here, so that's good. That's absolutely correct. Moving on to Japan, we got Julian. We're looking at each other through the magic of the interwebs. Hey. Hey, dude. How you doing? Not bad at all. I'm fighting with people who are all barraging me with instant messages over AIM when I'm trying to concentrate on yeah. Skype here. <laughs> this is why I got to do the same thing. This is why we close AIM when uh, we do the podcast. There we go. It's all oh, good. You now. guys are too popular for your own. I good. know. Julian, you and I are rocking the white t-shirts here. Just I, I'm walk, I'm rocking, but I'm not I'm not on the screen. But not I have a white t-shirt. I have a white tank top on. That's right. So this is our cool suave theme for the day. That's absolutely correct. It's a white hot podcast recording. That's right. Julian, you're white hot. I'm looking at you. Oh boy. I'm losing my cool here. The difference between us is that I just got up, so I'm still wearing my t shirt that I slept in, and you're you're going to bed, so you took off your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Very true. It's all coming full circle. All right, we got Mary, we got Julian. That leaves me. My name is Mike, and I will coordinate this disaster of a podcast here this week. Uh, we have oh, a dear. lot of stuff to talk about. We're coming off of our review of Dragon Ball Evolution. We're and we gonna... haven't fully recovered. No. And we didn't even see it. <laughs> Not yet. We're just recovering from the summary. Soon enough, we'll get there. Uh, we're going to follow up on that a little bit with a topic that kind of relates to it. But we get all your regular stuff. We got news, we got releases, we got emails, all that good stuff. Before we get into anything, Julian, you have a, a task to do this weekend. The V-Jump issue that apparently has the manga adaptation of the 2008 Jump Anime Tour special is out. It is. It is. So you're going to have to run down somewhere and pick it up. Where's the closest place? Just out of curiosity, where would you be able to pick up a V-Jump? I'd probably be able to pick it up at the convenience store on the corner, which is like two doors down from me. Oh, okay. That's not too bad then. I get confused where you've been in Japan, because you've been a couple times, and where Andrew was. He was out in the boonies, so I never know what the most convenient place to get this kind of stuff is. But Well, I live in Osaka Prefecture, so there's probably like at least five to ten places within a kilometer <laughs> of me that I can pick it up at. So. All right, then. Well, you have to pick it up and check it out, and of course, you got to grab me one as well, and I'll have to wire you funds from my Swiss bank account. Oh, boy. <laughs> So we got that going on. Maybe we can talk about that next week. I'm assuming you'll be able to pick it up. Another thing I <laughs> want to mention is uh, we haven't talked about these music homages, these ripoffs in a while. Our Japanese buddy K17 posted up something on our message board on Daizenshu EX. Julian, you're not going to be able to hear it, but maybe you can click the link and listen to it. Mary, there's apparently a German band called Propaganda that did a little song here. And if you don't mind, I would like to play it for you. Please do, my good sir. So the song we're going to play for you here, this is a sample of Battle Point Unlimited, which was from 1991. It was an insert song in DBZ episode 120. So here we go.
Now what we're going to play for you here from K17 uh, discovering this, the song is called The Murder of Love. It's by Propaganda, a German band from 1985. So here, check this out. the year I was born. <laughs> now I feel old. Yeah, we got you by a couple of years there. But, uh, regardless, only I mean, a couple. This is along the same lines as Cell's theme from Super Butoden 2 being the Pink Floyd song. I mean, this isn't even an homage at this point. It is this. It is that and song. And yet they just, it, it is kind of insulting that they simply took it. Like, it doesn't even sound very different at all. They just slapped a different name on it. I wonder if they can retroactively sue. So, Mary, let me ask you, <laughs> as the resident Trunks fan, yes. does this change your feelings about the song, about its use? It makes me upset. It makes me think that, you know, the producers are a little slimy for just taking this song as is and throwing it in an episode and giving it a different name. Right. Because I like the song, and it's kind of comforting knowing that some German band in the 80s, like, <laughs> they pretty much made the song, so yeah, I, yeah. I take well, away my credit. Actually, I think it's a couple of different songs by the same band. Oh, okay. That Maybe from sense. the same album. Gotcha. Kind of strung it all together. Well, that's uh, very interesting, and I'm very appreciative that K-17 brought this to what our attention. What a find. This Good is fascinating. Stuff. Again, we're going to have to do another follow-up catch-up episode where we play all of these. Because after we did our initial one with, you know, the couple from Super Butoden 2, people just kept giving us more and more and more. I think we have a really nice collection of them now. And this is what makes podcasting wonderful. It's audio. You get to share these audio samples. So good times there. That's the stuff I got. We have some great stuff this week. Anyone else have anything going on they want to mention? I can't follow that up. Okay, Julian, how about you, dude? That's... Pretty cool, but I haven't got anything more for you guys right now. All right, good deal. Let's move on to the regular news then. Julian, we're going to go back and forth here. We have uh, the first four titles of episodes from Dragon Ball Kai, although we should say episodes one and two seem to be pretty set, but three and four are listed as tentative, right? That's correct. All right. So uh, Wasted Wisher let us know that the first episode will have some flashbacks to earlier Dragon Ball material, as well as some of the Bardock special, so expanding upon some information we knew. But then K-17 popped up with a new scan from V-Jump with the first four episode titles. So Julian, I'm going to have you read it in Japanese, and I will follow up with the translation. Episode 1. The curtain opens on battle. Son Goku's back, yo. Episode 2. The enemy is Goku's older brother? The secret of the Saiya, the mightiest warriors. Episode 3. Goku and Piccolo, the ultimate tag team. The fierce battle against Raditz. Episode 4. Son Goku wa shinjatta. Ano yo to kono yo no kibishi shugyo. Son Goku's dead. Arduous training in both this world and the next. 
So there we go. We have uh, pretty much the entire month of April probably going to be the four-episode titles. Good stuff there. Julian, do they compare somewhat closely with uh, what we had for the original Z titles? Um, Not exactly, but they actually remind me a lot of the manga titles to yeah. some extent. Not exactly, but they have sort of echoes of even like the slogans that appeared on the title page. Yes, yes, definitely. That makes sense if they're kind of trying to go more in line with Toriyama's original vision whoever they were phrasing it there. That makes sense. Mm. All right, so that's what we got for Dragon Ball Kai. Unless you have anything else you want to add? I think that covers it. All right. Next thing we got here, I just uh, saw this in my feeds today. TBWA has apparently been granted something regarding Dragon Ball Online. They're a marketing agency. That's how it is here. It's very confusing because, uh, what's this site here? It's digital media, but it's uh, brandrepublic.asia. I don't really know what it is, but it popped up in a feed. It has something to do with marketing for Dragon Ball Online, primarily over in the Asian markets. But apparently, um, it's being estimated at 2 billion. Julian, what's the currency in Korea? One. One? Okay. KR, there you go, Korean one. Uh, approximately 1.34 million US dollars. Although that sum is subject to increase, as it says. So uh, they're still gearing up to do some stuff with Dragon Ball Online over there. Has there been any rumblings over in Japan about it? Has anyone said anything? Have you seen it listed anywhere? I haven't seen anything about it since the last time we mentioned it, so yeah. Alright. Uh, as the article says, Dragon Ball Online beta testing took place in Korea in 07 and went live in the country in 08. So we're still waiting to hear about a a formal Japanese launch and if we'll ever see it in the U.S. It's been a lot of going back and forth on that, but I will leave it there. Next thing we've got here is Eastern European licensing news. We're taking it all over the globe here. We're a global podcast. We love Dragon Ball everywhere. So Toei has announced that, and I'm not quite sure how to say it, I would say plus license. Julian, what do you think? Mm, Let's see, what companies is this? Go back over to Uh, the What what country? Uh, For Eastern Europe. I don't know which country specifically they're from. I, I have no idea what language that is. It could just be a chopped off version of the English for all I know. <laughs> Very true. Anyway, they've been granted the license to the Dragon Ball franchise in Nordic and Eastern Europe. This license covers the television, home video, and merchandising rights, though it does not extend to the video games and publishing. Julian, I'm going to have you read the quote here, because you get that awesome deep voice. We are very pleased to be working with Plus License AB, or however you say it, who is one of the top licensing brokers in the Nordic countries and Eastern Europe, explained Kanji Kazahaya director of international at toy we believe that they have a deep commitment to continuing dragon ball's licensing success and we look forward to working with them on expanding the brand in this vital region well there you go and actually the key phrase in there is licensing brokers our buddy san gofe over there in europe did a little digging and uh you know they're licensed brokers themselves it may be that they're going to even further sub license he's actually dug up a little bit of contact information so he's gonna see what he can find out let us know what's going on over there in Eastern Europe. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's going on. I know a lot of people in the UK, well, it's not quite Eastern Europe, they were getting a little hopeful over on the forum, like, oh my god, please, can we get some Dragon Ball stuff over here? So they've just had those... Sorry, you are not Nordic. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, they can hang on to that uh, dangling carrot there. I guess they can just travel out east if they want stuff. Uh, <laughs> last bit of stuff here, random God of Chaos news, as I'm describing it. God of Chaos, as you may know or remember, uh, hosts the podcast for us, because he's a 
cool guy. He always lets us in on a little bit of cool information that otherwise isn't out there, like the Dragon Ball Wii game that is coming out that you haven't heard anywhere else, but we told you about it. So uh, he let us know that Evolution, the Dragon Ball Evolution game for the PSP, just came out in Japan a little bit ago, and it's done a very, very strong 1,200 copies. Wait, what? 1,200? (laughs) As in 1,200. Oh my god. I mean, I know their sales are lower there because there's less people, but... Right. I... I can't even fathom, like, I mean, I can fathom how small it is, but... In even better perspective, because of the Monster Hunter series in Japan, specifically Monster Hunter 2G Portable, whatever it is, PSP is extremely strong, especially in Japan. Oh, man. It's done 1,200 copies. I believe that's its first week. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. you can see the pent-up demand for that game in That's right. action. Let's oh, pull it back over here to the U.S. <laughs> so over here in the uh, United States, Dragon Ball is the 12th best-selling game franchise. Now, you're thinking 12, okay, that's not that great. Think about this for a second, though. Like Mario, Sonic, Zelda. Metro Dragon 8. Ball is up there as number 12. Not too shabby. Since two Final th- Fantasy, Dragon Quest. Well, Dragon Quest over here isn't as big as it is in Japan, but oh. not too bad. Yeah, Final Fantasy, definitely. So since 2002, 14 million units sold and over $300 million. Whoa, $300 million. Hey, that's not too bad for a sub-license over here in this country. So, good things for, I guess, Atari and Funimation. Not so many good things for Namco Bandai in Japan right now. Want to conclude it up here, uh, speaking of God of Chaos, he's going to be putting up a contest for a few uh, Dragon Ball Z DVDs uh, over on his website, and also he's going to be putting up a review of the Broly triple feature Blu-ray. So head on over and check that out at fanboyreview.net. So there's your little plug there. That's what I got for news. So let us take it on over to the topic. So let me give you a little background on what we're going to talk about here. Uh, last week, I was getting a couple hits to Daizenshu X. I was going through the referrals, you know, what a, a good webmaster should do, see where the traffic's coming from. And it was just a couple coming from this video over on YouTube uh, titled, True Dragon Ball Fans Would Go See Dragon Ball Evolution, in all caps. And actually, it's somewhat of an ironic title, because uh, the video author, I guess you would say, MadThad0890, was actually uh, saying quite the opposite. His viewpoint here was, you know, just because it's something Dragon Ball, that doesn't mean you have to go see it. And he had a couple points in there like, just because I didn't support the Dragon Ball trading card game, does that mean I'm not a true fan of Dragon Ball? Just because I didn't buy all of Funimation's dub VHS tapes, does that mean I'm not a true fan of Dragon Ball? Now, this is all coming off of, as you could tell from the name of the video, the upcoming Dragon Ball Evolution, or it's out in Japan, the live-action movie. And there's a lot of camps on this, you know, if you don't go see it, you're not supporting the franchise, Well, if you don't go see it, that's showing that you don't support this incarnation of Dragon Ball. There's a lot of different ways you can go with this. So I actually made a blog post over on my personal blog just uh, pointing out that these are conversations people are having. And I kind of use this live action movie as a catalyst for a bigger discussion. Now, what does it really mean to be a true fan? Do you have to fit into any certain stereotype? Do you have to do certain things? Do you have to say and feel certain ways? So I kind of want to open it up to you guys. I mean, Mary, Julie, and myself, we all come from very similar 
similar camps, I guess you would say, where we knew about it, sort of introduced through Funimation's English dub, and then pretty quickly moved on to a full appreciation of the original Japanese version. So we're a little, I guess you would say, biased. I don't think bias is really the right word there. But we're coming from the same place. So I just want to open it up to, I guess, all of you. Julian, let me start with you. Just the raw question, what do you think it means to be a true Dragon Ball fan, or is there no such thing? Well, personally, I think the idea of a true fan is kind of disingenuous because what it means to be a fan is different to different people. I mean, by your own standards, what constitutes a true fan may not hold true in the eyes of other people who also consider themselves fans. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we see this all the time where conflicting opinions, maybe even just on the music. Well, you're not a true fan if you don't like the original Japanese score. And then there's people who all they know is Funimation's English dub, and to them, that's the series. And if someone doesn't like that, well, that other person is not the true fan. Mary, let me go over to you. What Same question. What does it take to be a true fan, or is that not even a legit question? Well, I think the podcast would be pretty boring if we boiled it down to what the correct answer is, which is it's impossible to define. But in the interest of padding out this episode, I'm going to agree with Julian and say it's you know it's your own personal opinion that you define yourself and you can't really force it on other people you can try but it's not going to get you anywhere um so i'm going to say being a true fan doesn't mean buying the most stuff it doesn't mean spending the most money on merch it doesn't mean going out and seeing every shitty movie or buying every crappy or good video game adaptation right I guess it just means being, if I am going to define it, I'm just going to say it means being aware, I guess being informed. You don't necessarily have to like the Japanese version, but if you acknowledge it exists, then that's cool. If you at least say, oh, okay, well, I understand that it is a a cartoon from Japan. It's not just some American thing. Then I guess that makes you more true. I don't know. They're being ignorant. (laughs) So so not being an ignorant, indignant Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like uh, placing a lot of emphasis on not being ignorant and indignant. But on the opposite end of the spectrum... going to use our inconsistencies videos as an example sure sure where you could tell that a lot of effort was put into these things we had scans from the manga we had scenes from the anime we edited some motion graphics and we did these narrative overlays on top of these videos describing and it's done in a pretty playful style I'd yeah say. i mean it's relatively upbeat trying to be informative right and i know a lot of the youtube comments have been why don't you just shut up and enjoy the show you're not a true fan it's like clearly we are enjoying the show. We wouldn't put so much effort into a production like this exactly. if we were a true fan. Didn't enjoy the show wouldn't even notice these things in the first place. So it's like, how right. is putting effort into something not being a true fan? So that's kind of an ironic twist of this whole phrase is Definitely. being a true fan. So is it like... If you overthink stuff and overanalyze aspects of the show, it means you're not just enjoying it at a surface level, and therefore you're not a true fan for simply liking it for what it is. Who knows? Maybe that's what it means to some people. Julian, take it away. It sounds like you got some. Well, to me, that seems like it's this idea among some fans that if you actually like something, you should never, ever criticize it or try to pick out some of the things that don't quite make sense. I don't know, in some ways it kind of mirrors the sort of nationalist argument that if you have some things you don't like about your home country, you should just leave. (laughs) If you love Japan so much, why don't you just move there? Yeah, well, you know, I like this country a lot, but, you know, there are some things I would change, you know. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that attitude, I don't think. No, definitely. Let me take it over to an example I actually used in my blog entry here was, uh, you know, someone like me, I've been into this series for well over a decade. There's a lot of stuff I've seen pretty 
much everything. I've read pretty much everything. For me to get excited about something, I guess you would say it it takes a lot. Whether it's this new Jump Anime Tour special that came out, or the example I used was like a new $200 music box set. I mean, that's really exciting to me. As opposed to someone like the proverbial nine-year-old born every day that Funimation talks about, this nine-year-old that's watching maybe an edited dub-only version of DBZ Movie 8 and is watching Broly kick the crap out of people for the first time. I'd actually argue that their excitement over that rivals my own. Because it's so pure and unadulterated and not jaded and doesn't involve money and needing <laughs> to buy $200 musical box sets. But it, it takes me <laughs> back to that time where I was watching stuff for the first time and just having that virgin experience with it. Nothing can touch that. Stop and- fucking Dragon Ball, Mike. <laughs> okay. I can't help myself. I got carried away. It's the only way I can be a true fan these days. <laughs> Gotta make love to the show. <laughs> but you, you know what I'm talking talking about is just that first experience wide-eyed young less jaded mary i think you kind of nailed it a little bit there so can we not be real fans anymore because we've seen too much we show our supports with our wallets i guess <laughs> but that doesn't make us like you said i mean their love for it rivals your own you just show it in different ways due to your capacity to spend <laughs> right and I, th- I think there's different kinds of fandom, too. There are people who really get a kick out of it every time they see it, and there are people who enjoy it in terms of nostalgia. They have fond memories of it because they watched it at a time in their lives where it really meant something to them. And there are other people who enjoy doing things with the footage in, in some ways. You have the Bridge Series people or the AMVers and all that. And, you know, some of those things overlap, of course. Right, Mary, that's something we've always talked about over in the AMV camp where you love something so much and there comes a point where just watching it isn't enough. You want to show your love. You want to show your appreciation in new ways. And one of the only things we can do... <laughs> Stop fucking driving. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm just ignoring that point anymore. There comes a point where you can't just read it anymore. You can't just watch it. You need something new. And, you know, we can't write the series for the most part. We can't animate episodes. So we do what we can, whether it's make AMVs and translate chapters, that kind of stuff. So you could make the argument, and I'm not saying I would agree with it, sure. that the only way you could be a true fan is if you try and go the extra mile to show appreciation by making a new creation with it. No, you know, it. I feel like it almost mirrors video games these days. We have this word casual that's being thrown around so much, the casual video game fan. Someone who has fun playing Wii Sports and just bowling for a little bit is probably enjoying video games just as much as someone like me cursing their way through a 10-year-old FBS trying to get through these games for the first time. Like, there's a different level of enjoyment, different type of enjoyment. I don't think that makes it better than the other. So, the movie. So, the movie. What about the movie? So, where does that fall in, in as far as supporting it or not supporting it and whether or not you are supporting the franchise as a whole? Yeah, there's so many ways you can go with this and I see the viewpoints of everyone. You could go either way. You could say, I'm not going to see it because I support what is Dragon Ball. Like, to me, right. Or you could say, I'm, I'm going to go see it because I want you know new stuff to come out. So, either way works. I mean, it all depends on what your perspective is. Right, we can't predict the outcome. We can't know for sure. If we don't see Dragon Ball Evolution, you know, butterfly effect, that means we're not going to get Toriyama to do some new artwork next year. Like, I don't think it works that way, but I suppose you can make a case where if this flops, then other things aren't going to come out. Other things will fail. I think that's a little 
far-fetched. Oh, I think it's a huge stretch too, but I, I can understand that viewpoint of that fan who's saying, oh God, it's something new Dragon Ball. I, I got to do what I can to show my love and my support for it. Julian, you're over in Japan. So how about the Japanese fans, the Japanese public? We've heard a little bit, you know, they laughed at the initial trailer for the movie and we saw what the PSP game has done. So what's your gauge for how the Japanese public is seeing and maybe supporting this movie in terms of their fandom? A lot of the people I've talked to say, well, you know, it's um, it's kind of its own thing. It doesn't look very much like Dragon Ball. Some of them went to see it, and some of them found it mildly enjoyable, but I think for them it's just kind of separate. And maybe it's different in the U.S. where Dragon Ball is not as well known outside of a more niche group that maybe... Um, it would give a sort of negative opinion of the series as a whole to some people, but, you know, I think still, even now, most of the people who get into Dragon Ball are exposed to the anime or the manga, so it maybe not have that much of an effect other than Hollywood movies. That's very true. I don't remember if it was Greg or someone else, but kind of the viewpoint was summed up as, oh, those silly Americans, look what they're doing with Dragon Ball, where they've had it for so many years, they can clearly see it as a separate entity, whereas over here in the U.S., we had it for half the amount of time and it's still being kind of lumped in with the franchise and the property as a whole so I, I can kind of understand that I really don't have anywhere else to go with this I mean maybe it's a short discussion to have we're not really answering the question I really want to drive the point home that yeah we're fans of the Japanese version and we have little to no interest in Funimation's dub but that doesn't mean that some of those people aren't just as adamant about loving the series and showing that love for the series I think you do it in different ways but we're all fans and one thing I want to bring it back to is many many episodes ago we had a discussion with a few friends saying now what's the biggest issue affecting Dragon Ball today is actually our podcast host God of Chaos said you know what we really need to do and I'm going to paraphrase and what we need to do is band together as fans the only way we're going to stay solid like this and really see it through is if you know, we're not dicks to each other and we enjoy stuff and kind of introduce it to new audiences and just kind of go forward can I just play devil's advocate sure sure why do we need to band together at all and what do we need to get through i mean who cares if fans get together or not sure it's a good point friendship and com- camaraderie is nice but i don't see any real need for fans to have to get together for any particular reason it's not like we have we've got the show out here in english and the original version so it's not like 10 plus years ago where we had to fight to get right, the original right, over right. here so there's nothing we're really fighting for anymore okay, except well, maybe extra perks well let me rephrase that Maybe fans don't necessarily need to band together over some common goal or anything, but, and I I don't mean to put a negative spin on it because I don't see this as a negative topic. I see it as a positive topic, but not be dicks to each other. That's important. (laughs) I like (laughs) non-dickery. Julian, let me go over to you. Do you have anything you want to sum up that discussion with? I I really don't have anything else. I just kind of want an open forum for it. Well, I just think people sometimes mistake our trying to dispel common fallacies and misinformation as... uh, A kind of saying that you're not a true fan if you believe this. Well, no, but there are fan who fans who don't always get the right facts. There are fans who could use some reminders about certain things, and there are fans who just you know sometimes some, I forget. Sometimes they're twelve years old. It's going yeah or nine. But that doesn't mean they're not fans. It just means that they're either they have misinformation or a sort of mistaken kind of I don't attitude. No, I gotcha. And, you know, and we, we try to promote, you know, correct information and healthy attitudes towards the series, Mike. <laughs> oh, no, we're not going there. That's done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
but I think some people, mis- I think people sometimes mistake that for saying that we are only true fans if we do is exactly as the Daisenji X people say. No, that's not true. <laughs> right, right. I um, got. Can I open up a can of worms? Sure. If, go for if, it. Unless you're summarizing something. No, no, no. Go ahead. Can we try to define what is not a true fan? We've defined that there's no way to say what a true fan is, but maybe there's some way we could define what is not. And if I were to even try to define sure. that, it would be someone who. <laughs> this is just me being an ass. Someone who knowingly spreads misinformation on Dragon Ball on the internet just to be an asshole. It's uh, like, what good does that do? That's not being a good fan. You mean like what we did on April 1st, 2004? God, you're a shitty fan, Mike. <laughs> what are you doing? Hey, we just built upon what was already there for many years. But I, I agree with you. I don't know, because on the internet, everyone's going to be a jerk face anyway. So, I don't know. I want to take it back to what Julian said. I love what you said, and I don't mean to take anything away from what you said, but you kind of brought it back to us as Daisenshui X as a whole, and pulling in Mary there as well, obviously. And I don't mean it the discussion to be about us and placing us into fandom. I kind of want it to be very, very open, very, very global people as a whole. And what you're saying almost brings it to the, well, if you love the series so much and you do so much with it, why don't you get a life? You know, you see a lot of those arguments online as well. And I think that's that's not being a true fan. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it all comes down to people experience their fandom at different levels. It d- doesn't make them any less of a fan if they just watch it. I mean, watching it's fine. Oh, totally. And some people are crazy like us, where you want to like, do Mary, videos and, I, for and example, podcasts. We love Hajime no Ippo. We don't take it any further than just having watched this. We series. made a video to it. Oh, that's true. We made a video <laughs> to it. Poor example. Damn it. Bad example. Is there anything that we love that we haven't made an AMV to or haven't done anything else to? We don't watch any. You don't watch any anime I anymore. Watched, so I haven't watched. I don't long. know. I watch a lot of stuff. So, all right. That I haven't done anything with. Okay. That's all I have. That's really all I wanted to talk about. Get it out there. I will once again ask for closing comments. Memory, I'll start with you. So, like, what would you do if you're, like, uh, Funimation or some other marketing company or something? Or maybe doing a promotional YouTube video for, uh, for like, Evolution or something? You're like, hey, we're looking for the number one Dragon Ball fan in the country. So what do you think, like, these corporations would pick as, like, a true fan? Would it be, would it mean to them being totally dubified or maybe dressing up or doing the hand movements and shouting out attack names? The, the answer would be us three. But what they're looking for, they're looking for that 12-year-old with the wide open eyes that buys the wristbands to make the Kamehameha noises with the posters all over the wall that goes out to the conventions and gets the autographs from Bruce Falconer and all the dub voice actors. Not to say that he probably isn't a fan of the Japanese, whatever. That's what they're looking for, someone they can have as almost a poster child. And I put that out there just because I thought it would be a funny visual <laughs> thing to think about. <laughs> it's like, who would, who would be, you know, corporate Dragon Ball's number one fan in the I think the there country. was something like that recently. Oh, really? Like, like Funimation gave away a wish or something like that. Never. Julian, close it up. I'm going to let you have the final word. Okay. How do you want to end it? I think that when you talk about true fans, you have to, you get into this sort of swamp, I guess you could say, this sort of mire of talking about what a fan is. And since that means different things to different people, in some ways it's essentially useless to try and do that. I do think that some people are perhaps more, how do you say, um, ardent fans than others, but I don't think that makes them any less or, or more fans. It just means that their level of intensity is different. And that doesn't not necessarily in coincide with what other people talk about when they mean, quote-unquote, true fans. 
So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got it then. That's it. We're moving on. Julian, we're sticking with you. DBZ ABCs. So, Julian, uh, we may be repeating something, but we just went down the list and came to a decision, and it doesn't sound familiar. Last time we did DBZ ABCs, I think we did Na and Namek. So what would come next? The next would be Ni. So take it away. What are you going to do for Ni? I'm just going to say, and it's kind of a cop-out, but Ningen. Ah, fantastic. Describe, please. This means... Human being. And there are lots of regular humans in Dragon Ball, from Bulma all the way to that one guy on the street who wanders by and then gets blown up. <laughs> so the, these are the, the normals, if you will, for the most the part, normies. the muggles of the Dragon Ball universe. And they get a lot of crap kind of thrown at them for no apparent reason as far as they can tell. You know, in the Dragon Ball universe, I guess it kind of sucks to be a human because you never know when you're going to get blown up by forces you don't understand. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes they do seem to come across as rather mm, corrupt, or sometimes just really stupid. Let's sometimes animals. Band behind the guy who says he's the strongest, even though he always has to rely on tricks to maintain <laughs> his facade. Yes. Mary, you brought up something good. You said yeah. animals. Julian, are these animal people considered Ningen humans? How do, they, how do we categorize these people? You know, I'm never quite sure. I always kind of assumed that they were anthropomorphic animals, so they, they're like people but different but treated the same under the law, I guess. <laughs> so separate but Dragon equal. World. This is getting a little strange. <laughs> <laughs> so how would you separate Ningen versus Chikyujin? Um, I'd say Chikyujin are Earthlings, so people from the planet Earth, versus Ningen being the humans as a species. So an animal person could be a Chikyujin, but not a Ningen. I think so. <laughs> okay. The Daizenshu page that I'm thinking of kind of describes Earthlings as a whole and has, you know, the king of the world and... Who's a dog? Who's a dog and Tenshin Han and Mr. Satan and all those other characters thrown in together. But it's it's an interesting distinction to make, so that works. Anything you want to close it up with? I think that pretty much covers it. I got I got something. Okay. Um, The character, the kanji for Ningen is like the easiest one I know. It's probably the only <laughs> one I can write now. Or just Nin anyway? Nin, yeah, just Nin. Because it's the same as Jean or Hito. Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. Person. I mean, Ningen is two separate kanji, but the Nin part. Julian, <laughs> you'll do a better job than us. For example, in Jinzo Ningen, the Jin and the Nin are the same kanji, right? That's right. But Jinzo means man-made and Ningen means human. Well, there you go. All right. With Ningen done for our DBZ ABCs, Julian, what would be next time you do it? New. New. All right. With the new in mind, let's move on to the releases. The new releases. Oh... We only have a couple last things in March. So I'm not going to say this one. Julian, you get it this time. March 24th. It's a Tuesday here in the U.S. Okay. Well, that would be... <clears throat> oh. Dragon Ball Evolution, the sticker book. <laughs> it's coming out from Viz. It's a $6.99 pre-order at Amazon. And it already has it in stock and shipping. Yeah, it doesn't okay. come out for a little bit, but it says in stock and they're ready to ship it to you. You ready for it, Mary? Fun stuff. You can't be... I want stickers for my locker. Stickers. 
All right. I will take March 31st here. Dragon Ball Z movies 8, 10, and 11 coming from Funimation. This would be their remastered widescreen format for the movies. This is a triple feature. They skipped movie 8 to slap 7 and 9 together. Now we got all three Broly movies in one triple feature. The DVD is $29.98, though Amazon's got the $19.99 pre-order. And the Blu-ray is $34.98, and Amazon's got the $21.99 pre-order. Uh, as we've said for a while, if you have the original Blu-ray test run kind of thing from uh, November 07, you'll probably want to upgrade. This one's got the extra movie anyway and the extra audio track. Uh, because that's only a couple last things, uh, Mary, let me take it over to you. You get the Japanese stuff. April 3rd. Okay, which is a Friday. We got Dragon Ball Super Exciting Guide Character Volume from Shueisha. It is, what is it, 630 end? That's correct. You know, there's not a listing on Amazon yet. I'm kind of waiting to do an order of a couple things. I'm waiting for this one to show up so I can do a batch order. I'm a little sad it's not there yet. Weird. Anyway, we also have one other thing, though. The, the most important thing of all, actually. It's the TV version anime comics Dragon Ball Z Anayoichi Budokai. Woohoo! Volume 3. Uh, that would be 1. I'm sorry, 1. Volume <laughs> 1. It looks like a 3 from here. Uh, also from Shueisha, it retails uh, anywhere between 710 to 730 yen. And no listing on Amazon just yet. So, no. oh my god, you got to get your Anayoichi Budokai Afterlife Tournament uh, anime comic manga thing. You want the anime manga here. You can't for wait the most for exciting chapter in all the anime. That's right, Mary. We actually said we we're going to do a review of those. I think it's only like five episodes. Fuck no. <laughs> all right. Then. I mean, okay. All right. We'll it's content. It I'll do it for the good of the show. For the good of the people who shouldn't have to ever sit through it ever again. All right. With that done, let's do some emails. <laughs> So the first email we have here is an, actually an audio email from Jacob. So Jacob, take it away. Good afternoon, Mike, Mary, Julian, and quite possibly Jeff. This is Jacob from the forums. So I was just wondering, how does you guys um, felt about the subject of using honorfix when referring to characters specifically in Dragon Ball? Because uh, both with the Viz manga release, as well as Daimao and Tomato's DVD subtitles, um, characters like Kyle and Kami retain the Sama at the end of their name. I don't quite see you guys refer to characters like Sun Goku as Goku-sa, or I believe Goku-kun, uh, Sun-kun, with Onovix, but I do remember the usage of Kyo-sama or Kami-sama. So I was just wondering, why not say Lord Kyle or Lord Kami as opposed to leaving the honorfix on at the end of the names. Um, I, I can see how this subject also applies to other areas of anime fandom, and it was leaving me a little interested in what, obviously, much more mature in the subject of uh, connection with the fandom felt about <laughs> the use of honorfix. Now, before I make myself sound even more stupid, I'll leave this here email over with. Uh, so, good day, and thanks for a speedy, if at all, reply. Johnny. Well, if I may, they're particularly in the case of Kaio and Kami, if you must. 
they have honorifics that are used almost exclusively to the point that they sort of almost become integral parts of their name. Now, it's true that Sama is an honorific, but, you know, everybody refers to them using that honorific to the right. point where, you know, it more or less becomes who they are. And, you know, the one time that Piccolo refers to Kaio Sama as just Kaio, he gets a stern rebuke. <laughs> I, I think that's definitely it. They've just kind of become the name of the character for me. And, you know, I think e- even in the Japanese version, it's written that way for those characters, not for any of the other characters. Oh, very interesting. Okay, so when the character's name is written out... No, you're right. I'm thinking back to um, when we had that voice cast for Dragon Ball Kai. Underneath Piccolo or above Piccolo was written Kami-sama, not just Kami. So, and you were also saying how everyone calls him that. For example, Son Kun is typically just Bulma who refers to him as that. I, I don't go around calling him Goku-san, Son Kun. I, I just stick with his name. Well, it's kind of Goku. contextual based on whatever Definitely. character is referring to him. Is that like Chi-Chi is the only one that calls him Goku-san? Yes. Japanese Bulma. fans make charts of these, by the way. Oh, really? They have like a, a grid with each character and how they refer to the Whoa, other one. I've never seen that. <laughs> That's pretty neat. Learning so much stuff on the show today. So do you have anything you want to conclude that with? I think that pretty much covers it. So we'll do one more email here. This comes to us from Shelby OH. I'll read it here. Shelby says, I've been wanting to drop you guys a line for a while. I've been listening to Dazen X for a while now. It's nice to not only have a podcast for DBZ, but to have one so fun, well put together, and punctual. I love that. Punctual. <laughs> I live in the burbs and have to drive about 30 minutes to and from school, and it's definitely a great listen early in the morning when my brains are not functioning yet, or when I'm fried and heading home from work. It's kind of weird to be listening for so long, hearing stories about your real lives, like Julian moving to Japan, Mike and Mary getting engaged, which I was personally and slightly embarrassed to be so excited about. It's just kind of comforting to have this constant cast of characters making me laugh while they talk about my fandom. I don't really have any DBZ-obsessed friends, so it's cool to listen to the discussions and really think about crap I never thought about before, and to learn so much more about DBZ. I feel a bit like a cheat sometimes, but then I stop caring and just feel rad. Anywho, I just wanted to say you rock my sauce and just keep on doing what you're doing i'll be listening oh my god i love this email because she said rad (laughs) i'm gonna start saying rad and punctual good stuff you know i i don't always like to read these because it feels a little you know self-congratulatory patting ourselves on the back but mary you're talking about those youtube comments earlier with the shut up fag just enjoy the show sometimes i kind of need this to make ourselves feel better because our self-esteem was hurt (laughs) (laughs) so sweet well thank you shelby i appreciate that i think we all do that's actually going to wrap up our emails for the week amazingly enough i thought we're going to have a short episode short discussion we've been going for a pretty uh regular length here so mary people have questions comments all the regular good stuff anything anything at all that we'd like to send for this podcast except for soiled underpants no you don't want that to yourself yes Send them over to podcast at com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X dot C-O-M. Thank you. There's actually one last thing I want to mention before we close out the episode, and that's a new page that went on uh, the website this week. It's something that um, I've been very conflicted about myself, so I did what anyone with conflict should do, and that's 
turn to the internet for advice. (laughs) (laughs) That's the last thing a person with conflict should do. Don't you know this? I know. But it concerns all of you guys. Uh, So what I did is I put a post up on my blog as well as our forum. And I said, hey, how would you guys feel about a donation little blurb on the homepage of the website? And we got a lot of responses. I'm very, very grateful for the entire spectrum of responses we've received. I don't want to dwell on it too much. And we're not going to mention this every week. You're not going to hear us drone on and on about it. There is a donation button on the homepage of the website. And if you want more information, there's a little link underneath that says, why donate? Now, let me get it right out in the open. Show's not going anywhere. The website's not going anywhere. We all have jobs. We're not in trouble. Just the way the economy's going, it definitely wouldn't hurt to just have a couple extra bucks that we can throw at the podcast. And not just and not the just, podcast. I mean, yeah, I don't mean to say that. Not the podcast. It's not just for the podcast. It's not just for us. Let's get no. that clear also. <laughs> it's um so we can get merchandise, so we can reveal on the show, maybe get some new prizes, Absolutely. things like that. So I, I want to put some thanks out there. You're going to hear some names and you can read all about how people are going to be acknowledged. There are going to be no special perks. There's not going to be like extra form threads or anything like that. No one gets, I, I don't know how to describe There's no special perks. It's going to be a really fun way of doing it. So we've, thanks to so many generous people, I actually flabbergasted at um, how kind and generous people have uh, been so far. Mary, we're going to name the first item right <gasps> here on the show. All right. So what we're going to do is based on, you know, whatever comes in, we want to acknowledge that person's generosity by naming whatever we get with the donations. We want to acknowledge it on the site and on the podcast. Right. In, in lieu of saying, donate to us, donate to us, maybe you'll be occasionally reminded by having something named after someone. You'll be like, hey, how did they get that named after them? So we just, it's another way just to prove that, you know, we're actually getting stuff, you know, right. for the purposes of this site and the show. And we care about you guys. So are you ready for this? Like university buildings. <laughs> That's right. The Julian Memorial Podcast. So, oh Mary. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> yeah, you and Toriana. Mary and Julian, are you prepared? I am. I don't know if he's okay. going to like this. <laughs> oh, God. But the first item that will be coming in, I believe it's released on April 7th, we will have... The Laser Kid Memorial Dragon Ball Evolution PSP game. <laughs> I'm sorry, Laser Kid. <laughs> Better luck next time. Oh, no. Make that 12,001. <laughs> oh. So we'll uh, be doing a full review of Dragon Ball Evolution for the PSP after it comes in. And just in time, I got a replacement PSP from Sony. If you're interested in reading that whole saga, head on over to uh, the video game blog that I do with Jeff and Andrew. That's Video Game Conversations, VGCONVOS.com. I got video, I got pictures. You can read all about it there. So, Laser Kid, you're amazing. You just contributed to Dragon Ball Evolution on the PSP. I don't know how you <laughs> feel about it. But, dude, you've been there with us for years and years and years, and uh, we really appreciate it. So, there you go. You're not going to hear about donations for quite some time unless we name other things, which we will be doing soon. So, with that all out of the way, Mary? Yes. You actually suggested that we do something else this week in lieu of what I wanted to do for a bonus podcast episode last week. I thought too soon, too soon, We didn't get around to doing the bonus episode. I want to do it for a regular episode this week. You thought too soon. Right. So, I think we'll revisit that next week. Last week when we were talking about Dragon Ball Evolution, we did a mini-review of the Ayumi Hamasaki Rule CD single. As other people mentioned on the forum the response thread, and I felt the same way. We didn't go as in-depth as we like to. Especially since it is a multi-track CD. Right, right. Multi-track, and there's the music video and everything. We touched upon the music video, but there are remixes and that kind of stuff. Next week, we're going to go really in-depth with that CD and DVD. And again, it's almost kind of 
an extra little proof. Hey, if you donate, we're going to go really in depth with stuff. So there you well, go. Well, that's not true because we go to in depth anyway. I know. Anyway. We would do it anyway. Again, stuff isn't going anywhere. This is what we do. It's just extra incentive for us and extra incentive for you guys. Last, you're going to hear about donations for a long time. So that's it. Mary, thank you for joining us. Thank one, you for having me on the show. Temple. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try Temple. Oh, oh my God. You got the greatest links emission this week. Oh my God. I should have mentioned this during the stuff section. So I get this link. I think it was a joke, but it was an amazing joke. I don't know that it was a joke. I'll have to reread it. And okay. I wish I had my computer on right now. So I get this email called Link Exchange. And I thought, oh my God, no one sent me a link in forever. So I open it up just to see if, you know, what other trunk sites are out there. Cause I assume it's a link from another trunk site owner. Right. There's an intro like, hi, my name is so and so. I, uh, I was wondering if we could do a link exchange. Like, it didn't seem like a form letter or anything. No, no. It, it seemed like it was from a person. So I click a link, and I honestly don't remember what the name of the site is. I, I do. The name of the site was Trunks Depot. Okay, Trunks Depot. So I click on it, and it's a website for trunks, like holding, like storage trunks. Wooden storage trunks. <laughs> 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 so I have to imagine whoever owns this site just did, like, some kind of... maybe the, General uh, URL search with the word trunks. Exactly. Yeah. So that cracked my shit up. The temple O Trunks. Oh, yeah. Sell us some trunks. I think I did that one year. I what? think it was one of my cop-out April Fool's jokes where I just took... Or it might have been one that we thought about. Doing, didn't <gasps> oh, we? maybe. I think what I did was I had a picture of an elephant trunk and a wooden trunk and then um, swim trunks. Yes, yes. It was one of my last April Fool's jokes where I just got lazy and I'm like, Google image search, go. Mary, for the real Temple of Trunks. The real shit is right here. Templeoftrunks.com. T-E-M-P-L-E-O-T-R-U-N-K-S.com for your Dragon Ball Z trunks, not trunks trunks. Very nice. Thank you. Julian, you and I, Daizen EX, take it away. Yes, we can be found at Daizen EX, which is located on the internet at the URL of www.daizex.com. That's daizex.com. What's the ETA on the rule lyrics? Um, as soon as I have a free moment, because I've got a pretty busy weekend coming and up. No problem, just curious. Other people are going to be asking, because you mentioned it last week. So, right. Mary over here, thank you. Thank you. Take you later. Julian off in Japan. My name is Mike, Vegito EX. Wrap it up, dude. Daizenshu EX Podcast.